Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. So I want to welcome you to this lesson. This is Unstoppable Lesson 2. And next week, we have George Dennehy coming in. And think about it. He was born without arms, and he, he's a world-class musician. He plays with his toes. And we just thought, we need to bring him in. He's a good Christian man, and we want him to talk about overcoming and enduring. And I, I know a lot of us in this room have some tough situations that we deal with. Our, our goal is for that spirit, his spirit, to get into us and fire us up. And so we're looking forward to him being with us next, next weekend. But today in Lesson 2, I'm teaching a message that I titled Unstoppable Faith. Now, when I was a young guy, you guys have heard stories before I met Jesus. I'm not really proud of what I was, but people ask, how do you have so many stories? And I just say, I was a creep. I have tons of stories because I did things I shouldn't have done. And uh, I had this friend, and uh, his name was Ron. We were friends from the time I was five years old. And so now I'm in eighth grade, and Ron and I were really close, and I'm so thankful for him and his mom because they introduced me to reading and uh, his mom used to take us to the library once a week. And Ron was a brainiac, so he had stacks like this. And I just had a smaller stack. But I, I, I was reading books every week because of Ron and his mom. And we were so tight and close friends, lived across the street. But we got into this argument one day, and, and he wouldn't back down. And I felt I was right. And so he's a brainiac. I'm a jock. So I did what jocks do. I punched him. And, uh, and, and I just punched him, and he fell on his back. And then I jumped on him. And I just gave him a barrage of punches in his chest. And then I looked at him and I said, Ron, do you agree with me? Do you surrender? And he looked at me and he said, no, I'll never surrender. So then I, like a jock, became more upset. And I began to punch him in the face. And I gave him a black eye. And I fattened his lip. And then I looked at him and I said, Ron, do you give up? Do you surrender? And he looked at me and he said, no, I'll never surrender. So then I, like a like a crazy person, I got more upset, and I hit him harder and more in his face, and now he's bleeding, and the eyes swollen, and I looked at him, and I said, Ron, do you give up now? And with tears and blood, he looked at me and said, no, I'll never give up. And at that point, I jumped up, and I was so mad, I said, you're a jerk, and I ran in the house, and the poor guy had to get over to his, his house, and, and I knew no matter what no, what he wanted to do, his parents were going to know something happened. There was no way to, to hide it. So I ended up being grounded, and I became more of an avid reader uh, because we weren't allowed to watch TV when we were grounded. But I share the story for this reason. Here's why I share that story. There was something in Ron, a tenacity. There was a tenacity in him where he refused to yield. He refused to bend. He refused to quit. And I walked away from there. As mad as I was at Ron, and of course, we made up the next day, but as mad as I was at Ron, I so respected him because I said, this guy has a tenacity that I don't know that if I was being pummeled like that, I think I would have given in. And I thought, I don't know what he has, but I'm impressed with it. And we want to talk about you and I developing our spirit that way. We want to have a Ron spirit, you know, and no matter what life bangs at us, we want to be able to stand up to it and we want to be able to overcome. So we're talking about unstoppable faith. Listen, guys. It doesn't matter how tough you are in the natural, and I'm not all that tough. I just happen to be tougher than Ron, but so many people tougher than I am. And, and uh, I'm not all that tough. 
Um, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter what your level of education is. It doesn't matter what kind of circumstances you were born into. None of that matters because in order for you and I to become unstoppable, all that matters is this substance called faith and whether or not we connect with it. And when we connect with it, we can become unstoppable. Jesus, when he lived on the earth, he talked about it all the time. Jesus never stopped talking about faith. And I want to show you uh, some of the things that, that he said about faith. Listen to this. Jesus said our faith can be absent, which I think is amazing. Mark 16, verse 14, the Bible says he rebuked them for their lack of faith. Think about that. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. And the Bible lets us know that it's possible for us actually to have faith that's not existent. It actually doesn't exist. And I know none of us in this room want to be at that location. Jesus taught us that faith can be weak. And in Matthew 14, 31, he said this, you of little faith. You know, he was talking to Peter. And remember, the disciples are in a boat, and there's this huge storm, and this storm's taking place, and the disciples think they're going to die. Jesus is on the shore. Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And they think it's a ghost, and then they say, hey, that's Jesus. And then Peter said, bid me come. And Jesus said, come, Peter. So Peter steps out of the boat in the middle of a crazy storm. He begins to walk on water. And he's like really excited. And really what he's walking on is not water. He's walking on a promise. He's walking on come. He's walking on Peter, come. And he obeyed Jesus, and he's able to walk. Well, the waves start hitting him in the face, and all of a sudden he began to look at the storm. And then he began to sink. Jesus grabbed him and said, oh, you of little faith. So we can have weak faith. And sometimes the storms of life can weaken our faith, right? We need it, we need it strengthened. But Jesus also said this, said, said this. He said we can have great faith. In Matthew 8, 10, he said this, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And I want that to be said of every one of us in this room. Here's the story here. Jesus has this Roman centurion come up to him. This guy's not a Jew. So the Jewish people were only ones that had the Bible at the time. He doesn't know anything about God. And Jesus is here to minister to the Jews first, and then he allowed his disciples to take it to us, the non-Jews, the good news. And this man comes up to Jesus and said, my servant's sick, would you heal him? And Jesus is like, real cool. Jesus says, yeah, I'll follow you. I'll come right now. And this man stops Jesus and says, you do not have to come to my house. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And it stopped Jesus in his tracks, and Jesus said, I've not seen this great a faith anywhere in all of Israel. And I don't know about you, I want that kind of faith. I want, that, I want my faith to be great, and I want to learn, how can I have great faith? What can I do to have great faith? And that's my heart for all of us that are in this room today. Listen to what else Jesus said about faith. This is pretty cool. He said our faith can bring us things. He said this, he said our faith can bring us salvation, John 3.15. The majority of us in this room have experienced it, and it says that everyone who believes and Jesus will have or may have eternal life, so it brings us eternal life or eternal salvation. But he said this, our faith can bring us healing. In Luke 8, 50, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Jairus came to him about his daughter. Jesus goes to Jairus' home to minister healing to his daughter, and guess what? They get there, and everybody says, she, she just died. She's not breathing anymore. And Jesus looks at him, and that's when he said, don't be afraid, just believe. And do you know, he said, all right, Jesus. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. And boom, she was healed. It can bring healing. And we're going to talk about that today and help you out with that. And then Jesus said this, our faith can bring 
anything. And I like that. Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible for the one who believes. We're talking about being unstoppable today. And I really believe it's the substance called faith that makes you and I unstoppable. If we're going to be unstoppable, it's going to be this thing called faith. And Jesus said if we learn how to use our faith, we can do anything we need to do with this substance called faith. So again, it doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You could be retired, young, still in school. It just doesn't matter. I get so excited over the young people that I run into and how they love God and how they're serving God. I just, it just excites me to watch them get a hold of God. And it doesn't matter where you're at. You can do great things if you hook up with this thing called faith. So here's what I want you to walk out remembering today. It's real, real simple. Unstoppable faith creates unstoppable people. So if we can get the faith right, then we become unstoppable. We're not unstoppable because we're great. We're unstoppable because of this substance called faith. And I know whenever we teach on a subject like this, there's so many of you guys here that have dealt you know, with different things, and maybe you have had victories. Maybe you've had uh, failures. Maybe you prayed and not had answers. Maybe you prayed and you've had answers. I think I can address that today too, and I think we can celebrate because in my opinion, people that pray, whether they receive an answer or not, they're champions in the eyes of God because they stand on the word of God, and, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. You know, there was a church in the Bible, and they, they talked about the faith that this church had. Listen to this. This is in Romans, and it says, Romans 1.8, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is reported all over the world. I want you to think about this. There's not such a thing as a faith meter. You can't wrap it around someone's arm like when you take blood pressure and, and find out what their faith level is. The only way to know where someone's faith is is to see their fruit. And Paul says that this church had so much fruit that all over the world they talked about their faith. Their faith was unstoppable. So I think of the church like believers, our church corporately. This church had to shine its light bright in the community. You know what's interesting about the church at War uh, Rome, that early church? Um, they so impacted not just the city of Rome, they impacted the empire of Rome. And they had all these officials, these high-ranking officials that came to Christ. And they brought salvation throughout that kingdom. Now, it became religious later, and it became corrupted later. But during these early days, these guys turned their communities upside down. And I'm believing that Believer's Church is going to have part. We'll be one of the churches in our community that we impact the very community we live. Why? Because we have unstoppable faith. We have great faith. And you know what else? Uh, these guys had incredible faith on their own. So when they went to work, whatever they did for a living, man, their faith shined forth. And people's lives were in, impacted because they saw God's love, God's kindness, God's grace, God's hope just flowing out of these people. And that's my hope for every one of us in this room, for us to have that type of faith. You know, in the Bible, the number one chapter on the subject of faith is Hebrews chapter 11. It's an incredible chapter. And uh, I want to read just a couple verses at the end. God's closing this book of the Bible up, and he's just capsulizing it for us. So I want you to see some of the different things that faith can do. So this is Hebrews 11:32, and it says, I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There are so many more, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. And he says, there's all kind of people I covered in the above verses, but I haven't even got to these guys. 
Then he does this in verse 33. Through acts of faith, and I like to say through the substance of faith or by using faith, by connecting in faith with God, they toppled kingdoms. They made justice work. They took promises for themselves. They were protected from lions, fires, and sword thrust. I like that. I think of lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, no, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, no. I think of Dorothy, the scarecrow, the tin man, and Toto, and how afraid they were. And I think about these guys. There had to be a lot of fear in Daniel when they were ready to throw him into the lion's den. But by faith, he connected with God, and that mouth was shut. And I think of the three Hebrew children being thrown into the fire, and by faith they connected with God, and the mouth was shut. The fire didn't burn them. Listen to this, verse 34. They turned disadvantage to advantage. I like that. The Message Bible does a great job with this. There are so many of us in this room, we have been born in a disadvantage circumstances, or we have some that have been thrown at us. Isn't that true, that sometimes life just throws us some things that places us at a great disadvantage, really terrible disadvantage. And I love what the Bible says. You know, they took the substance called faith and they turned a disadvantage into an advantage. And you know what your enemy wants to do? He wants you to believe a lie that you can never change and you can never overcome because of who you are. And you need to come to the place you say, you know what? It's not who I am, it's who God is, it's what God's promised. Over 3,500 promises in the Bible. I'm gonna hook up with what I need and I'm gonna allow God to turn my disadvantage into an advantage. And it goes on and says this in this scripture. It says they won battles, routed uh, alien armies. And then verse 35, women received their loved ones back from the dead. There were those who under torture refused to give in and go free, preferring something better resurrection. And these are the Rons that I was in a fight with. Listen, listen to verse 36. Others braved abuse and whips and yes, chains and dungeons. Whoa. Verse 37 says, we have stories of those who were stoned, sought in two, murdered in cold blood, stories of vagrants wandering the earth in animal skins, homeless, friendless, powerless. And this is just talking about people that were persecuted for their faith and people that went through really tough times in life. And I think it's interesting that God touches every area. He touches the area where people had to walk through tough times and endure them. He touches the area where they received. And we're going to talk about this. You know, years ago I took Hebrews 11, and I decided I'm going to read this chapter, and I'm going to categorize everything that God ta talks about in this chapter. I'm going to place it under a category. And do you know I came up with five categories? I thought I'd come up with way more. But everything God talked about went into five categories and I remember years ago, this is on cassette tape, man, so it's, we, we don't even have it anymore. It was on cassette tape, but I taught about different kinds of faith, you know, and, and we had a blast with that series. And I'll never forget those things. And so I'm preparing for this, and I thought, you know, in order for us to have unstoppable faith, which creates unstoppable people, we have to understand there's different ways to connect with God through this thing called faith. And so I want to do my best to help you understand the different ways to do so. And so it was amazing as I was putting this together. I came up with an acrostic, and a couple weeks ago I had an acrostic for a lesson if you were here, and I told you they come very seldom if ever, and I had two in, in a close period of time. And this one I think is pretty cool, this acrostic. It will help you remember this, I think, as you go through your week and your months. It's going to help you remember. So here, here's what I saw. Uh, faith can be used to do, to receive, 
to endure, to shield, and to save. And you can see that acrostic. It spells dress. And here's, here's what I think will help us remember this. When we understand the five different ways to use our faith, we'll be dressed to be unstoppable. And we'll come to a place to where nothing that this earth throws at us will be able to stop us. We'll be able to overcome in every single area of our life. So we want to talk about doing, we want to talk about receiving, we want to talk about enduring, talk about using it as a shield, and we want to talk about using it for salvation. It's incredible when you see it. So I'll close up the lesson today and just go through these five, and we'll have some fun as we do. I want to remind you of something. The Bible teaches us that faith comes when we hear God's Bible, when we hear the Word of God. So faith comes into your heart when you hear what God had to say. So every time I read a scripture, that that scripture has faith in it that it will create in your heart. Every time you read the Bible and you read a scripture, that brings faith into your heart. And once faith comes, then you and I, we can either do, we can receive, we can use it to endure, we can use it as a shield, we can use it to bring salvation. And when we do, unstoppable faith creates unstoppable faith people. I like this about the Bible, and if you're visiting today, here's something you're noticing here at Believers. I'm sharing scripture, and the reason I'm sharing scripture is I'm convinced that the Bible is God speaking to us, and you know what Hebrews 4.12 says? Hebrews 4.12 teaches us that the Bible is alive. That's pretty incredible. It's living, so it's different than any other book, any other words in all the world. When you hear the Bible, it goes inside you. It creates faith, But it's so alive, it also begins to rearrange our thinking. It begins to change us from the inside out. And that's why, to me, it's the most precious thing in all the world. And that's why I base my life on it. And so many of you base your life on it. And I encourage those of you that don't, it changes your life. And just let's talk about being dressed. Let's talk about doing, okay? So here's the first one. Uh, Faith can be used to do. And listen to Hebrews 11.7. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear build an ark to save his family. So God came to Noah and said, I'm flooding the earth. And he said, it's going to rain, Noah, it's going to rain. Now, Noah never saw rain. Historians tell us, experts, they say it didn't rain before the flood, that the earth was watered from water that would come um, up from the ground. And a lot of scientists tell us this. They tell us that at that time before the flood, the earth had this band of water that surrounded it, and I don't know how God did it, but it also kept radiation out, certain kinds of radiation. That's why people lived longer before the flood. And there's some really brainiac scientists that do some incredible teaching in this area. And when the flood came, they believed that that broke and came down, and then the waters of the deep were released. But I want you to think about Noah, whether you believe that or not. God told him, I'm going to flood the earth, it's going to rain. And Noah never saw rain. Noah has to believe God's going to do what he said. And then God said, I want you to build an ark. Has God ever asked you to do something that's as crazy as building an ark? Think about this. We read scriptures. God says in the scriptures, hey, I want you to do this. And sometimes to me, it's every bit as crazy as what, what building an ark. It's like, are you sure, God? That, that goes against everything in our culture to do what you just said. But you know what Noah did? By faith, he said, I'm going to step out. Because when God speaks to us and gives us any kind of a command... The faith is inside of us to do that particular thing. And he, he said, you know what? God, like Peter stepped on the water, I'm going to step out and I'm going to walk this out. And can you imagine he's building an ark and people are mocking him? The Bible also teaches he was preaching righteousness. 
The culture in Noah's day was worse than us. You think we're bad now with sin and a crazy culture? Their culture was times 10. And he was being mocked and people were laughing at him and, and scoffing him. And he's out there with his hammer and his kids and they're building this ark. We don't know how many years it took. It took a long time. But guess what? Here's what I noticed about obedience. Every time we obey God and we step out on what he's asked us to do, he always brings incredible fruit and blessing. And it's amazing. And some of you could stand up and begin to testify. I remember as a young guy, and this is unfortunate, but I've always been transparent even with my kids. I accepted Christ at 19, but before I accepted him, I was very sexually active. It was just part of the culture I grew up in. And, and then I accepted Jesus, and I fell in love with him. I just loved him. And I began to read the Bible, and I'll never forget when I read verses in the Bible that taught that you're supposed to be sexually pure, sexually inactive until you're married. How many of us can agree that's different than what is going on in our culture today? It was different back then. And I'm like, I'm like, God, are you crazy? Have you ever, you know how fun this is? I'm like having this conversation with God. Like, I can't stop doing this. And, and I'll never forget reading those things in the Bible. And faith came into my heart. And then I had a decision to make. Am I going to step out and obey God? Or am I not going to obey God? And I remember the day. I can remember when I said, God, I'm going to go pure and I'm going to be a virgin until I'm married. And I went five years until Gina and I were married. And guys, God gave me the strength to do it, just like he gave Noah the strength to build an ark. And God's waiting to give you strength to obey some things he's asked you to do. And I want you to know that unstoppable faith creates unstoppable people. And when you begin to do that, God blesses your life. And I, I, marvel, at, I marvel at how God's blessed my life. I marvel, I marvel at the woman that God gave me for a wife. And and, you know, when, 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 you meet, when you meet the girl you're going to marry, it's just, it, you know, it's just like, I think she's hot, you know, that's all. I think she's cute. And uh, you're not thinking, is there anything else in there? You know, is she talented or gifted? And, and, uh, and I marvel at how gifted and talented and wise my wife is. And it's just like God, God rewards you when you make decisions to say, I'm just going to obey what you asked me to do. Here's the, ne here's the next one. Uh, the next one is receiving. And I like this one, Hebrews 11:11. 11. It says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And I think of Sarah and Abraham. You know, Abraham's name was Abram. And, uh, and God came to him and said, I'm going I'm, I'm to make you the father of many nations. I want you to move from your land of Ur of the Chaldee I want you to move to Canaan. And God said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. And then he looked at Sarai. Sarah's name was Sarai. And Sarai means quarrelsome. So, you know, Abe had a tough marriage till God came in. And, and so, so it's, she's quarrelsome, you know. And, and God changed her name to Sarah. You know what Sarah means? Princess. And so Abraham's the father of many nations. She's the princess. She's the mom of many nations. And she had Isaac when she was 90 years old. Only God can make that happen, guys. And, and she, had, she had her son. What God promised her came to pass. And the Bible is saying here she believed and used her faith to receive that promise. And I think of all the promises, 3,500 promises in the Bible. That's a lot. But let me tell you about one that changed my life. I accepted Christ again when I was 19. I had, I had uh, five brothers and my mom and dad. I was, you know, just still a single guy. And a couple of my brothers were married. And I'm like, Lord, I want my family to become a Christian. And they all laughed at me. They made fun of me. Every one of them made fun of me. They called me names and made fun of me. My mom, who hated me staying out late and coming home drunk, 
She, she got tired of me reading my Bible and said, why don't you start going to bars again? And uh, she just, she didn't like the change that happened in my life, which shocked me. And I saw a scripture in the Bible in Acts chapter 16 where Paul said to the jailer in Philippi, the jailer said, what do I need to do? And Paul said, believe in Jesus and he'll save you and your household. And something stood out when I saw that and I said, I said, are you serious? You're making a promise that if I accept Christ, my household will come in? And, and I held on to that promise. And you know that all, my mom and dad, all my siblings, their wives, everybody's accepted Christ and everyone's living for Christ. Still have aunts, uncles, and cousins that haven't done it yet. But guess what? I'm still standing on that promise. And you can grab any promise in the Bible and stand on it. Watch God do incredible things. Here's the next one. And I like this one. Faith can be used to endure. Hebrews 11.9 says this, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. This is Abraham. God said, go, go to the promised land. I want to give it to you. Do you know that Abraham lived his whole life and never, ever received the promise of Canaan? And his sons, Isaac and Jacob, never received they never received the promise, his grandson and son. Never received the promise. And this really gets me to thinking. Do you know they use faith to endure and just keep going even though they didn't receive the promise? And I get to thinking, you know, I've pastored here at Believers 32 years. That's, that's a long time to be in the same church. And you get to watch generations. And I've watched generations. And that's really helpful for me to be able to look and say, I've watched generations come through. And I have watched people I love die who, who, you know, were believing God to live. And I've watched people believe God for things and never have what they believed for. And I think sometimes we, we look at that as a failure. But I want to say something to you, and I mean this with all my heart. Did Abraham fail? Did Isaac and Jacob fail? They didn't receive, but the, you know what they did? They kept believing even though they weren't seen. And I really believe when we arrive in heaven, there are going to be people up in heaven that we think, didn't get it, that they're going to have way more rewards than we do because they believe God all the way through no matter what, and they used faith to endure. Then I think about Philippians 4.13. 4, the Bible says that uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and I think about all the people here that have st stood on the Word of God that have gone through crazy times or going through crazy times, and I think about how their faith never wavers in God. I think about how their joy and their peace never waver. And they just keep going forward. And there's something about faith. Unstoppable faith creates unstoppable people. There's something about it, guys, that gives us the power to keep going. And I love to watch people who no matter what, they're going to praise God, worship God, smile, love God, walk in joy, no matter what's going on in their life. And in my opinion, those people are going to have rewards coming out of everywhere when they get up to heaven because faith enables us to endure. And if you're here and you're lacking or you're hurting and you're going through a tough time, I want to encourage you. God has a word for you in that Bible that's going to give you faith to endure whatever you have to endure. Now, the first S is the shield. And I love this scripture. Listen to this scripture, guys. It reads like this. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. I can hear the water draining. It's really funny. Um, I keep thinking, what's that noise? Uh, I love this scripture because the Bible talks about faith being able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. 
There's two ways you could teach this, and I think both would be correct, but here's one way, and I think it's saying this very clearly. You know when you go through a tough time, there's really two battles, right? There's the battle you're going through, and then there's the battle in your head. And you know our enemy loves to shoot these arrows of doubt and these arrows to self-medicate, these arrows to do crazy things. He likes to shoot those thoughts into our head. And you and I can use the Bible. We can use the promises of God. We can use our faith as a shield. And, and I've noticed that whenever I'm going through a battle from the time I was a young Christian and single all the way till now, that enemy's always shooting arrows at us, isn't he? And I remember times when I was young, you know, I'd be going through a tough time and the thought would hit my mind, you should get drunk tonight. You'd feel so much better if you get drunk. That's, that's a fiery dart. You should get high. You remember you used to like that. Pfft, that's a fiery dart. You should look at some porn. Pfft, that's a fiery dart. And there's all kinds of fiery darts that he shoots at us. He'll also shoot darts of doubt, like God doesn't love you. God doesn't care. God's forsaken you. God's not on your side. And he tries to shoot these to get us to back down. And I'm so excited we can use our faith as a shield, like Jesus did when temptations came to him. Jesus said, what? It's written. And he just put that shield, you could call it a sword, whatever you want. He used the word of God to deflect it and make it go when the enemy put thoughts in his head. And I want to encourage you, if you're here and you're dealing with all kinds of bad thoughts, faith can be used as a shield to knock those things right out of your life. You can dress yourself to win. And now here's the last S. It's real simple. And most of us have partaken of it. It's called being saved. And Romans 10.9 says this, for if you tell others with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's how we come into the kingdom. We say, Jesus, I believe in you. So our faith, when we dress up right, it gives us the ability to do what God's asked us to do, to receive what God's promised us, to endure, to bring up a shield, and to, to change our life and be saved. So I want to pray right now. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Father, I've done my best to teach a part of the Bible. And Lord, I love you. We love you with everything that's in our hearts. And Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that spoke to hearts as I taught. We thank you for the living Bible, the word that spoke inside of us as we listened. And Lord, right now, as we just take a moment before you, we ask you as we walk through our week, show us where we can dress a little better with faith. There's some of you out there right now, God's been dealing with you to do. He's been asking you to obey in a certain area. And I, I want this to be a moment in your life where you say, God, I'm going to go home and read the scriptures you want me to do. And I'm going to allow that faith to get in me. And Lord, I'm going to make a decision to step out and do those things. Would you do that right now? You know who you are. Just say, God, I'm going to do it. There's some of you that need to receive some things from God. And I want to encourage you, find out what he's promised that you need. And just say, God, I'm going to begin to thank you for that. And I'm going to begin to release my faith for those things. And again, if you're here, you say, I want to learn more about that. The Connect Group on Faith. That would be a great Connect Group. And some of you are here and you're going through crazy times. And I hope I encourage you today that faith will enable you to endure as you walk through the craziest of times. And I believe God spoke to your heart and given you words of encouragement as we spoke. And some of you say, I've had my shield down and thoughts have bombarded my head and, and I just trust you're going to put that shield up like you've never put it up before. And I'm just going to give you some God time. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen very carefully. If you're here and you're not sure, 
if you release faith in Jesus Christ, if you're saved or if you received eternal life, if you received the gift of life, listen to me now. I'm going to help you out. It's real simple. And I always like to say what I'm not asking you right now. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All of those are great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and you said, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and I receive you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. If you can't remember a day like that, but God spoke to your heart right now, you say, I'm ready today, Pastor Joe. I want to receive that gift of eternal life. I want to connect with the last S and dress. I'm ready, Jesus. I'm ready to do that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, that's me, I'm ready to pray today. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Let's make it personal now. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. And I make a decision to follow you today. Change my life because of this decision. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.